All right, so I had this one thought, and I've had this thought for a long time, and I, and I forget about it, and it comes back, and I go, oh, yeah, I had this thought, and then it disappears. I don't know if you guys ever have that. It's one of those like mantras that you should be thinking about daily, but you don't. And this mantra that comes in waves for me is, why do I do it this way? And that's the mantra right there. Why do I do it this way? Now, let me tell you a little bit about that. I always go into companies when I'm training, whether it's a private mentorship, whether it's just a three-day immersion clinic for the software, or whatever I'm doing. And the first question I always ask the owners is, throughout the time that you and I are together, I want you to ask this question over and over again. Why do you do it this way? And what I'm trying to find is, what you're doing, is it efficient or is it obsolete? That's really it in a nutshell. Super simple. That's your whole podcast in 10 seconds. Thank you for coming. No, I mean, <laughs> it's really, it is really that easy. So I want to talk to you guys about experiences in my past and in, in actual live events that illustrate this key. We had, like I'm sure a lot of you guys had, or I pray you still don't have this, this is a gigantic metal filing cabinet. When we first started printing our work orders, we wanted to do colors. So every department got a color. So let's see, the vinyl department got blue, the metal department got green, the paint department got gold, uh, the install department got like a neon yellow so they wouldn't lose it on the job sites. And then the actual white copy got put in this filing cabinet so we could see every single project that was open in our shop. And so every single time you had a question, you'd go to that folder, open up the big filing cabinet drawer, grab the folder, open it up, and you would have your drawings, you'd have your estimate, and you'd have the work order of what we're doing. I will tell you that that way in itself was great for organization. It was also absolutely horrible because what would happen is when the job was done, it was somebody's responsibility to grab that white packet, carry it up to the front office, and put it in the desk of the accountant for them to go ahead and bill an invoice. I will tell you when we got rid of that in 2012, we found two projects totaling $38,000 that we never billed. Just gave them the signs for free. We never audited that filing cabinet. We never went through and said, what jobs are closing? What did we build? That job just sat there for years on end. And then we finally opened it up, went, oh, my God, we should have built it. We went back to the county department, like, we never built it. We were never told to. And so not only was that organization an obsolete method, but at the end of the day, it was just archaic. So when Square Coil first launched and integrated signs, within three months, it was easy to find every single project and queue up every single project that was live, it was pending, or it was in billing, or it was closed. We moved this gigantic filing cabinet out. And I will tell you, there was one or two people in the company that didn't want to lose that filing cabinet. They're like, that's my safeguard. That's my organization. And it took them that, that, you know, that step, that little scared step in time to kind of go, it's okay. I don't need this anymore. I can move to the next thing. I, I always laugh about that because uh, if you think about it in your car, if you have a modern-day car, it has a backup camera. You don't need to turn over your head and look. Yes, you got to look left and right, but the backup camera will show you what's behind you in a better method than what it looks like looking behind you. Turning your head to back up is actually an obsolete thing in my opinion. I don't think turning your head back when you back up is a good idea anymore. I think using the backup camera, the side mirrors, and glancing left or right is actually a better method of moving your car. So I always ask myself, why do we do it this way? Well, back in the old days, there was no backup camera, right? So you had to look over your shoulder. Made sense then, obsolete now. 
So this big filing cabinet go ahead and, and leaves, rolls out. And for the next week, I found a stack of papers on this person's desk. And I'm looking at him like, what are you doing? You're like, well, this is my organization. I can't have this. And so we had to literally move all the paper off this person's desk and sit with them for four hours and go find this project. And they had to go inside a square coil and figure it out. They had to go inside and move it around. And it was just so funny how you get stuck in your old ways that this is the way it's always been. You know, I've said this joke uh, uh, probably hundreds of times now. I'm going to tell it to you one more time. My mom used to cut the top corner of the turkey off before she put it in the oven. And I always ask my mom, why do you do that? And she goes, well, because grandma did it. So I go to grandma and say, why do you cut the top part of the turkey off? And he goes, well, my great-grandmother did it. And you go to your great-grandmother and you go, why did you top the top, part, the top part of the turkey off? And great-grandmother goes, oh, because it doesn't fit my oven. My, my oven's too small. And all this time, all these generations were doing it the wrong way because they didn't know why they did it. So it comes back to my original question, why do we do it this way? Do we know the thought process behind it? Did you guys know that uh, putting your elbows on the table is, is, is bad manners, right? Sit like this, it's bad manners. You know why it's bad manners? I truly believe this is obsolete. I think this is completely a satisfactory way to sit. I'm going to tell you why. At one point in time, all the people would sit on one side of the table and food would be on the other side. And if you put your elbows on the table, you rest the table. And before nails, the table become cattywampus and lose it and all the food would go off the table and dump the table. So you would put the plate here very gingerly and then sit here without touching the, the table to eat. Now we've come, we've, you know, evolved. We have nails, we have glue. Tables don't move. I can lean on this table, it doesn't move or do anything. So this is perfectly acceptable because the outcome is not going to happen. So I, my question is, is why do we do things this way? There are so many things that we've found in our society that are still like that, that we kind of crack up that are completely obsolete. Um, I went to a sign company probably seven years ago. God, it's been that long. Well, about seven years ago. And I asked them, walk me through your day. Walk me through selling a project. What do you do? And they go, once the project's sold, we open up this big, gigantic book. It looked like the Holy Bible. I mean, the thing was a monster. It was super thick. And we write who sold it, the date they sold it, the name of the project, and the dollar amount. And I said, okay, so it's kind of like a ledger. He goes, no, that's just where we have all our projects. I said, well, why do, you, why do you have this? He goes, well, we've always had it this way so we can find every project that's ever opened. I said, we have software for that now. He goes, we're still going to do it this way. I said, okay. So he left, and I go to the accountant, and I said, hey, tell me about this big buck book. And she goes, oh, that's kind of like where we know the dollar number is. When you write the dollar number, then we know how much money we have on the floor. I said, would well, you cross out so you know exactly what's live and what's not live? She goes, no. So I go to the other owner, and I go, hey, tell me about this big book. And he goes, it's dumb. My great-grandfather put this book on here to use, and, and we've always been doing it this way. And I told everybody, no one uses that book, and no one listens to me, and so therefore, we just do it. He goes, really, we could throw it out today. I've never once gone back to this book and opened it up. And then he dawned on me. He asked me a question. And his thought was, I've never gone back and used it. So I go back to the accountant, and I say, have you ever gone to that book to utilize it? She goes, no, no, not at all. Then I go back to the other sales rep that was talking to me about it. And I said, have you ever gone back to that book other than writing? And he goes, no. So we get a company meeting together and I bring the big book out. And I go, who has ever gone back to this book other than to write the project in at the beginning? And not one person raised their hand. This book was so obsolete that it was generations ago before the usefulness had left. And they were still doing the same thing. 
that's probably my favorite story just because they literally were blindly going down a path that had no usefulness whatsoever and took everybody about five minutes for every project to walk out, you know, stop what they're doing, write in the book, close it. All that time, gone. Just gone over an obsolete, archaic thought process and method. So I ask you guys all the time, why do you do it this way? I got another one. Printing the purchase order. So every single time we made a PO, it was integrated science policy to print out a PO and go put it in the front. And what that was was the girl in the front could then take the purchase order, take the receiving packing slip that she received, and then match up and make sure everything was right. If she made sure everything was right, this is my favorite part, she would throw it away. If it was wrong, then she'd bring it to the accountant's tent and say, hey, this doesn't match with this. But if it matched, then she'd throw it away. Don't you think it would be the opposite? If it matched and it goes to the accounting department, it would be put in AP? No. No, they just waited for the bill to show up and they just magically paid the bill. So even though we wrote purchase orders, we weren't actually using the purchase orders for what they meant. A purchase order is a promise. Say I'm going to, you know, I come to you and say, I'll wash your car for $20 and you give me a PO for $20. That is basically you're, you're promising me that if I do the work, you will pay me $20. So we would do the first half and write a PO, but then the invoice would come for $25 and we just magically pay it. We had no way of proving what we made the promissory note for because we'd throw the purchase order away. So we were, we were going through an, a motion just to go through a motion to say that we, we write POs for no reason whatsoever. You know, it, it, it cracks me all the times in businesses how many times we have some archaic, obsolete thought process that we have no idea why we're doing it, what we're doing it for, and moving on. So as you guys go through the next week, I want you guys to ask yourselves, why do I do it this way? And then the next question should be, can I remove this from my day-to-day life, and how much will it greatly affect me? Because if you free up time to do something else, you're going to be just that much more productive. Second-guessing yourself and freezing is the two biggest ways to kill your success. Keep moving forward, and you guys are going to do great things.